0: It is Monday. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. I'm sitting here in the dark because the uh, lights went out in here, so I moved over to the couch. Um, it's very romantic. It's very, very romantic in here. Yeah, I'm in the hot seat. Um, well, let's talk about the shooting on Saturday. I, you know, I really, I, I've tried to. I've tried to, um, gosh, you know, I, you, you wrestle with how to deal with these tragedies, right? How do you, how do you talk about them? How do you, um, how do you, how do you? I don't know. How do you use words to bring some sense of uh, understanding to any of this? I, I don't think you do at this point in time. I mean, immediately, social media explodes with the rhetoric of gun control and. Defense of the Second Amendment, and uh, you know this this tragic shooting that took the lives of eight in Allen at the Outlet Mall, Allen, Texas. Um, and it's just an absolute tragedy when you see not only the the um, the loss of life, but just just the absolute meaninglessness that we have embraced as a society. When people can't figure out who they are, they don't know if there's any meaning to life. They don't know if there's any sense of purpose or identity or direction. And whatever drives a person who is 100 percent mentally ill to take the lives of innocents like this um uh, you know, again, the the gun debate comes out and it's always used as as an opportunity to say we've got to do something about these guns. I, You know, I sleep literally mere feet from a lot of firearms uh, every day of every night of my life. And I at, at never at any time do I have any fear that those firearms are going to kill me or anyone in my house or anyone in my neighborhood. And those guns aren't going to go out and they're not going to hurt anyone. But people have embraced an insanity in our world. And um, I was just reading through, I guess you want to call this what, guys, a manifesto that I suppose this person, this guy, wrote, um, and it's posted on social media under, you know, the name Psycho Vision 5. And now my understanding of this, this thing is Here's a guy who is, is Hispanic. His parents uh, need an interpreter just to speak English. And I'm reading through this so-called manifesto. And this guy is using uh, pretty solid English, although grammatically it's sort of all over the place. You can see the confusion in a person's mind that's there. But hell, I read social media posts every day and see confusion in people's minds. Doesn't mean they're killers. Um, But um, the tenuousness of life forces uh, to be this way and to play into the moral banality of of it as normies do is kind of gay to me. It's funny how pomp and circumstance to murder reaction has become this forced solemn church moment. We all are forced to affect around in public in order to feel normal when the reality is I just know a lot of people are just like me and want to revel in the schadenfreude. The media f-ing proves it and they will never miss an opportunity to cover the event and cater the coverage exactly for sick f-s like me because the heart of the matter is we all know it's just a spectacle at this point and the spectacle and the killer are far more interesting than the boring Fs who are killed. There's always humor in darkness. Um, Then he goes on and talks about the Nashville shooting and uh, talks about how this tranny that still had a vagina um, did a good job, so to speak. And I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit, um, considering the mission at hand. It's horrible. It's horrible. And so obviously they're already painting this guy as a white supremacist, which that bothers me in that. You know, here, here's a Hispanic person that and if you I, you guys have that full screen of that old mugshot uh, of, of this guy, if you read to the very bottom there, there's his name, there's his information, there's an arrest date. And then at the bottom, it says race white. And if you look at the pictures on, that he posted of himself, there's there's swastikas on his chest. There's a Texas tattoo on his arm. There's the uh, SS lightning on his on his arms as well. On his bicep, and um, he talks about he doesn't care about diversity. He's got the uh, patch on the right-wing death squad patch on his vest. Um, I, this is a weird one, dude. I like I'm trying to figure this thing out and trying to make some heads or tails out of this this deal. What the motivation was, and this is mental illness. I mean, we, here's the thing: it's mental illness anytime you're going to go in and take somebody's life. Like that. And, and when you've got somebody that's trying to explain themselves in this manner and, and a Hispanic person so-called embracing a white supremacist mindset. And then the media is going to jump on it and say, well, if they're not black or Asian, then they're white. Then at this stage in the game, everything can be blamed on white supremacy. Um, no matter what happens, even if they got cartel tattoos on or anything else ms 13 we, we see where this narrative is going to take us at some point in time um everything's going to be blamed on white supremacy everybody's going to be called a fascist nazi and everybody's going to be guilty of murder whether you had anything to do with it or not because you happen to maybe you lean conservative or you vote republican or something like that and you say no that would never happen oh it's it's going to happen you're going to be lumped in you're going to be you're going to be considered guilty by association with these sick freaks like this. Because, again, this is the part of the mainstream that's determining that everything that happens like this is a white supremacist gun owner. And guess what? You fit the description because they've made the description so damn broad that um, that that you could classify or define anybody in this way. So, you know, now you're going to pop up pictures of Proud Boys wearing the RWDS, the right wing death squad, which honestly, up until yesterday. I never even heard of that, yeah. but you know I don't. I don't dwell on the message boards out there trying to figure out who's on a death squad or what the hell that even means. So you know, I, and and let me tell you, some some of you guys. I mean, y'all y'all see this stuff or you know this stuff. You're maybe a little more well read than I am, but you know me, I'm out there just trying to live life. <laughs> have a career and, and take care of family and pay bills and, you know, get things done and pursue the American dream. Why you got these sick assholes out here that are trying to steal people's not only American dream, but their lives. And then we're supposed to, what, come to the defense of some kind of political ideology or some kind of, you know, it's like, no, I don't have to defend insanity. Like, a guy got, you know, fortunately, there was a cop there who was a first responder. He was there for another reason. He was another call. He came and he shot the guy in the head and killed him. And I'm glad they neutralized him. Uh, I wish they could have done it sooner. I will tell you this. Actually, before I tell you that, I'll tell you a takeaway from all of this. Uh. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, uh, you got that clip? Let's play it.
1: We need to to, to recognize a reality. What we've seen across the United States over the past year or two, Uh, and that is an increased number of shootings uh, in both uh, red states and blue states. Uh, Shannon, we've seen an increased number of shootings in states with easy gun laws as well as states with very strict gun laws. I think that the state in which the largest number of victims uh, have occurred this year is in California where they have very tough gun laws where uh, 11 people died. Uh, And so one thing that we can observe uh, very easily, uh, and that is there has been a dramatic increase in the amount of anger and violence uh, that's taking place in America. And what Texas is doing uh, in a big time way, uh, we are working to address uh, that anger and violence by going to its root cause, uh, which is addressing uh, the mental health problems behind Mm -hmm. it. We know that Texas had been lagging in addressing mental health for years, and that's why over the past three sessions, uh, we've added
0: almost $25 billion to address mental health. See, it always it always drives me crazy when a politician gets on there and immediately wants to turn around, turn around and start talking about their accomplishments. You know, let's have let's have some grief. Let's have some time to, to process through this thing. And then let's don't talk about the money you've spent to do nothing. In the name of big government, let's get something done. Three weeks ago, I was in Austin, Texas. The streets are rampant with mental illness, it's literally in front of you, right down the road from where that guy lives. So you can't put a political price tag on mental illness, you can't make insanity choose a political party. This is not a Democrat or Republican, conservative, liberal, right-wing, progressive issue. It's not. This is insanity. And if you really want to go deeper, Governor Abbott, to the first principle and go to the foundation of the problem, it's godless meaninglessness that we've embraced as a society where human life has been degraded into nothingness more than a clump of cells. With no afterlife, no sense of eternity, no accountability to a God who created you and designed you. There's no sense of reason, no sense of of believing that there's anything more than just what you see around you. And the bleak darkness that's going on in people's minds and everywhere from PTSD, depression to full blown schizophrenia, everybody is falling further and further on this spectrum of despair. And so, what we have is a society and a, con- a culture that has concluded that there's no reason to live. And therefore, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to take as many as I can with me. It's not a gun issue. It's not an accessibility to gun issue. So here's the thing. You're not. Let's get on the other side of the argument. You're not going to take everybody in America's guns away. Not going to happen. Just, it's not going to happen. You're also not going to repeal the Second Amendment. Not going to happen. Um, you just, it's just not going to happen. You have to understand that until we can come together and truly make the solution a reality, and that is deal with this mental illness and, and get out here and, and, and truly provide help for people that need it, um, it's, it's, we're living in an insane world. These things are going to keep happening. So here's my takeaway. You know how we just uh, proved a point with Bud Light, all right? It's time to prove a point with every business in America. I'm not going to gun-free zones. I'm not going to a place where I can't protect myself. I'm not going to go someplace where I can't actively engage my Second Amendment right if that opportunity comes along. I'm not going to live in a state or a city that's going to punish me for defending myself. I'm not going to do a show in a venue that doesn't have armed security. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make you as an audience subject to that. I'm not going to put me as a performer in a situation subject to that where we're an easy target. We're not going to do it. I did an event yesterday. Did an event yesterday with 100 patriots up there in Frisco, Texas, and uh, 100, 150 people there uh, at at a place – and we were raising money for our good friend Shelley Luther, who suffered a stroke 30, 33, 4, 34 days ago. And I said, uh-uh, I want everybody armed. I want everybody armed. And we did. We, I said, I want everybody at the door. I want, I want to know that there's armed security at the door. We did that. Going forward, my solution is not less guns. It's more guns that are accessible to you. More training with those guns so that you know how to defend you and your family. Do you understand there's 11,000 illegals coming across the southern border every day right now? Title 42 is going to end this week. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to be a huge influx. And the border is not under control. And it's confirmed. It's confirmed. You need to follow me on Twitter and you need to follow Texans for Strong Borders. We have now confirmed that Greg Abbott, the governor you just saw, has done absolutely nothing. Now, he says he's sending more state guard down there. No, no, he's done absolutely nothing in terms of policy policy change to stop the influx of what's happening at the southern Texas border. Nothing. And you can go to my Twitter, at WatchChad, and you can read up on it. So I'm telling you, American citizens, we have lived under tyranny long enough. And, And listen, now we're under the tyranny of mental illness. We've had the tyranny of, of judicial, educational, medical, corporate, list them off. Big government, state, and federal. Now we're under the tyranny of mental illness. We're worshiping minorities, and we're worshiping the trans community, the LGB whatever community. Why? Because we have to check with them first before we even say anything. That's idolatry. If I got to check with anything except for God before I say something, that's putting that thing above God. If my conscience won't allow me to speak until I check with a certain community, then that means I'm worshiping that community. No, no, we're not going to worship mental illness anymore. We can't. We can't afford to. We can't afford to keep seeing these damn headlines pop up week after week where innocent people, men, women and children going about their daily lives, living in a free America are gunned down because we have succumbed to mental illness and bowed down to it and said it's going to control our lives. No more. You want to do something about it? That's what you do. You say no more. You live your life constitutionally. You live your life with liberties and freedoms. You have the ability to speak, and you don't have to check with anybody before you say it. And you have the right to defend yourself. So don't go anywhere that tries to take those rights away. How about that? How about that? And these businesses and these big governments that are putting these posters on the wall that says, this is a gun-free zone? No, no, uh uh-uh. You don't get our business. You don't get our business. We're not coming to you. We're not going to go to your movie theaters. We're not going to shop in your stores. We're not going to drink in your bars. We're not going to do those things. I'll stay home. I mean, my God, at least at this point in time, I can get groceries delivered. I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to, and neither do you. Keep your head on a swivel, folks, but by God, stop living with your rights being trampled on. All right. Look. You did the tough thing during COVID, you paid your people, you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Now, government of funds are available. There government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. Now, it's not a loan and you don't have to pay it back. The program, it's complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front, they do all the work, and they just share a percentage of the cash they get you. So businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. Now, you did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let covidtaxrelief.org help you and get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org that's covidtaxrelief.org. We'll be right back. Um I'll be in Kansas this week. Thursday night I'm in Sharon Springs. Uh that show is sold out. Um Saturday night I'll be in Inman, Texas. That's right in between little town right in between Wichita and Salinas Salina and um uh get your tickets. There's still got some tables available there, so come hang out. Uh then I'm headed to Tampa, Florida. Uh Wesley Chapel over at Side Splitters. Uh we'll have some laughs there, but today is no laughing matter. Um this what's going on down at the border is insane. Um we're we're losing our country. I'm telling you. I, I, I I can't imagine. You see this drone footage right here. I mean, and you've seen the pictures of the migrants on the bridges. I mean, they're waiting for the end of Title 42. I mean, you, you got women, you got children. Uh, they've been lied to. I mean, they've been lied to here. Um, that They can come across the border. There's this, uh, there's this life that they're escaping to. Uh, our friend Jorge uh, Ventura was uh, down in El Paso all this week, and uh, he said that you know he showed the streets there in El Paso. That's not on the Mexican side of the border. That's in El Paso where Jorge was, and uh, showing a lot of um, El Salvadorans and uh, you know, it just a lot of folks are lined up. They're coming in. El Paso is about to get overrun this week. I mean, El Paso's in trouble. And consequently, all of us are. That's why we're working so hard at Texans for Strong Borders to, to educate people on how they can get involved uh, on the legal side of things to get your representatives working. And I don't care where you are in the country. Texans for Strong Borders, listen, we're like, we're like the last defense before this thing gets crazy nationwide. It's already crazy. Eric Adams in New York City, he's, he's busing migrants into other parts of New York now. And they're pissed at him because apparently he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he didn't want them. He didn't really want to be a sanctuary city. Well, everybody's about to find out, Chris. Are you sure? Everybody's about to find out. All these, all these guys, these, you know, whatever, glitter farting fairies that were dancing around in San Francisco saying, ah, we're a sanctuary city. You're about to and find out. Um, they're coming. They're coming. And they, if they want what you got, they'll come get it. You ask these you ask these people in South Texas what they've been dealing with. You know, you open up a deer blind and there's 12 men sleeping in it uh, or they your house is, you know, vacant for a week or two. And you come back and it's ransacked and everything's gone, trash and everything else and bodies being found out in the middle of these, you know, Tens of thousands of acre ranches. And and, and, yeah, I mean, it's horrible. This is a humanitarian crisis. And now it's coming to your door because they're not going to play by your rules. They have no intention of coming in and assimilating to American culture, embracing constitutional values. They don't want to obey your law. They're coming to get. I mean, because here's the deal. If they can't get what they need, they're just going to come get what they what you got. And you say, oh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody standing in that line is just well-intentioned and 100% a good human being. I mean, we've proven that, by and large, people, I don't care if you're from, you know, where you're from, people are assholes. And there's a bunch of them in that line, too. The difference is you're an American asshole. They're, those are El Salvadoran assholes that are coming, and they don't care about your American values. They, they have no intention of assimilating to that. They're not going to do that. And uh, it's, that's just not the way it's going to work because people get desperate. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. People come in. They can't get what they were. See, they were lied to. Right. They were lied to. They were promised something. They were told there was an open border and there's this promised land once they get across the river. But it's not. And so desperate. People do crazy things. So you're going to start seeing more and more craziness that's going to happen. So, yeah, I think I will hold on to my Second Amendment. Um, and I wish no violence on anybody. I, and listen, let me be real freaking clear right here at the, uh, at the, at the, you know, six minute mark of this segment, wherever we are and say, I'm all for legal immigration. I'm all for it. You want to come here and make a better life for yourself, for your family. Do we need a better immigration system? Hell yeah. Of course we do. Absolutely. That's another thing that needs to be reformed, but you want to come here? You want to migrate here? And I know tons of people who have. God bless you, man. I will welcome you with open arms. You want to come in here and embrace an American way of life, American way of thinking? You want to assimilate? You want to, you want to grow as an American and, and chase that dream? I'm all for I will welcome you. I will, I will kiss you on both cheeks and hug you, help you any way I can. But coming in like this, oh, this is about to be desperate, folks. And you're about to see... Unfortunately, you're about to see what weak leadership accomplishes. Times are going to get hard because if you don't have a border, you don't have a nation. And you call me whatever the hell you want to label me as. I'm just telling you that, that just like insanity doesn't choose a political party, guess what? Ruthless men that are desperate, they don't give a shit who you voted for either. So it's coming to your neighborhood. Now, Maiorcas, Alejandro Maiorcas. He says uh he says they're ready for the end of uh title
2: 42 play play that clip we've been preparing for well over uh a year it was in september of 2021 when we first developed a six pillar plan uh, to address uh the end of title 42. we updated that uh, throughout uh the, the calendar year 2022. so we've been preparing for quite some time and we are ready What we are expecting is indeed a a surge. Um, And what we are doing is planning for different levels of a surge. That is what we do.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you've never cared about it till now. I mean, you haven't done anything about it in the two and a half years Joe Biden's been president. You've served in that capacity. Haven't done a damn thing about it. But now that there's a surge... You're so-called preparing for it. But, but forgive me if I just believe that uh, your words are going to fall on deaf ears here. Because you haven't, you haven't cared about the border. I don't believe you care about it now. But then he goes on and says, well, it's going to take a while to secure the border. You don't believe me? Play the clip. How
1: rough will the next few weeks be?
2: You know, Margaret, we've been preparing uh, for this for more than a year and a half. You are correct. And it is indeed a regional challenge. And it requires a regional response, which is why we are working so closely with many countries to the south. It's going to take our plan a while to really take hold for people to understand that they can access lawful, safe, orderly pathways before they reach the border.
0: I, I'm speechless and I'm virtually never speechless that you've been preparing for this for a year and a half. For for a sea of humanity to bombard the southern border of the United States, uh, people who are coming with literally nothing. I'm going to tell you something that I've told you guys on this show over and over and over again. I don't know if you're listening to me. I don't know if you're hearing me when I tell you this. Milton Friedman, the great economist, he said you can have one of two things. You can either have a welfare state. Or an open border. You can't have both. Our system is broke. They're already talking about defaulting. America defaulting on a global scale. We're already talking about the the weakening, if not the annihilation of the American dollar. And we're talking about throwing open the borders. To use his word, a surge to humanity. People are coming with nothing. To do what? Be a further burden on this so-called socialist welfare state that we think is just this never-ending supply of things to just, you know. We've already had six and a half million people cross the southern border this year alone, illegally. What are you going to do with them? Where are they going? What's going to happen? Are they going to live at your house? Now, this isn't being cold-hearted. This is being a realist, folks. What we're about to see is utter chaos. The dementia-in-chief president that we've got up there, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. The so-called border czar in Vice President knee pads, she doesn't have a clue what she's doing. And Alejandro Mayorkas is full of shit. These guys, these guys can't keep a turd in the center of the bowl, much less handle this many millions of people that are coming to the southern border and try to figure out how they're going to not only stop them, corral them, organize them, transport them, deal with them, escort them back out, process them, background check them. They don't have a damn clue what they're doing, folks. And here we are. That's why the other day I got online. And uh, I went to uh, MyPatriotSupply.com, and I ordered more food. I ordered more food. And uh, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. We're living in a crazy world. You do not know what's coming, but you are about to experience a very real possibility of a prolonged food shortage. Because, listen, you think think the Safeway and the HEB and the food line is going to have everything on the shelf when all this stuff hits? I'm telling you, Kroger's going empty. Uh, We couldn't keep toilet paper on the shelf when people had the flu. So you better have some long-term emergency food and get it while you can. Now, I want you to go to MyPatriotSupply.com. They are the nation's largest preparedness company. And right now they're offering a special deal when you get their three-month emergency food kit. Uh, it, it, they'll give you a bonus package of crucial survival gear that's worth over $200 for free Now the three-month emergency food kit, it's got everything you need, everything your family member needs You need a kit for every member of the family And it's got the breakfast, lunch, dinners, it's got the snacks, got drinks uh, 2,000 calories a day, and it's good food all right, your family's going to love it and it's going to take care of you. Emergency food plus free survival gear worth $200. $200. Go to mypatriotsupply.com. Do it today. I'm telling you, we'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, joining us on the program once again. An old friend, not only the program, but uh, has become my favorite author and just one of my favorite human beings, Jack Carr. Jack, how are you doing, man? Oh man, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And
3: look at that lighting in there. You are yeah. looking good, getting me in the mood,
0: <laughs> man. I, I may just, I may just stay over here on this deal. I don't know, man. It's looking good. A little you fireside do this chat.
3: Home? Do, do the show from home now, or what?
0: <laughs> a man could dream. The new book that is coming out, uh, only the dead. The let me get it in the scene there, in the shot. Only the dead. It's a good boy. This is a thick book. Jack, how how are you, how did you, how, how, dude, are you getting all these words out?
3: Man. So I, this is my sixth one. So I figured by now I kind of have an idea of how long they're going to be. And so I do my, my one page executive summary. I turn that into the outline and I figured, you know, it's uh, it'll be about 115,000 words, maybe 120. And then I blew past right those and I went into 125, 130, 135. This one's creeping up on 139,000 words. So the longest to date, and that's just how long the story took. Uh, also the most brutal To date, and for those who have read the other novels that is certainly saying something but I didn't start off to make it the longest and I didn't start off to make it the most brutal but for those of you that are looking you can also use this thing as a doorstop or a blunt impact weapon right here so if you don't read it you know it does have some use as well it does have some utility to it but uh, but yeah it's pretty brutal Uh, and that's just what the story took and the length also what the story took and you know people are trusting me with their time whether they're reading this book or they're reading a blog post or they're following me on social media or listening to the podcast that's time they're never gonna get back so that's something I take extremely seriously and luckily my uh, my deadlines with Simon & Schuster are a little uh, on the soft side which is nice so uh, I don't mind pushing those deadlines if I had to because everything has to go into that story all my heart and soul has to go in that story it's going to take as long as it takes and it's going to be as long as it takes to make that story the best that it can possibly be and so in this case that was 139,000 words
0: (laughs) you're turning into herman melville dude i uh i'm telling you the uh with with the success of the terminal list television show and uh and chris pratt brings that character of james reese out so eloquently on the on film um and now that you are what a five-time best-selling author and this will yeah. be six um this uh it's got to be when you call your publishers on the phone i would think that they it's a lot of yes sir mr car at this point
3: <laughs> Not really i mean they leave me alone for the most part and let me write let me create uh there's never any direction which i didn't know going into this because it was my first for the my first foray into publishing was with my first novel, The Terminal List, and I kind of wondered, yeah. hey, is someone at Simon Schuster going to say like, hey, you think you should go in this direction here, or what do you think about this? This is what's selling, or this? do you think you're alienating people by putting this gun stuff in there, or whatever <laughs> whatever it is. And never once has anyone even hinted that I do anything like that. It's 100% complete creative control, uh, which is, I, I feel so fortunate that I have that luxury to write. Uh, not that I change anything, even if they suggest it. I'd probably you know be kind about it and then not change anything. Yeah. Um, same thing with my agent. I've never, my only vision of an agent was something from like uh, Entourage or Californication, you know, with David Duchovny or something. And uh, I thought the agent would say, this is what you need to do next. Here's the grand strategic plan. Uh, this is how we're going to grow you as an author. No, zero. Yeah. There has never been any of that. And I love that because then also I can't say, oh, geez, I listened to my agent. I listened to my publisher. I listened to my editor. It didn't work. You know, So there's no blame. Only blame here if it doesn't work, yeah. which I love of that. And then the screenwriting side of the house is totally different. That's collaborative, of people not just in the writer's room and with your group of executive producers and creatives but then it goes up the executive chain and then comes back with notes there so that's a completely yeah. different animal and i love being able to have a well more than a foot in both world, worlds to be all in in both of those worlds because they're so completely different but they're both creative ways to tell stories one visually obviously when one on the page
0: you've got just looking at the endorsements on the back obviously you've got chris pratt who gives a, a tremendous endorsement there lee Child uh is a great uh, uh mark Greeny, who i've fallen in love with his writing as well i've I've read i guess all of the Great man series now uh but chuck norris that's a heavy hitter dude i mean if chuck norris tells you to read a book you read the damn book <laughs> yep i just sent
3: him this bo- book last night just signed his copy and uh and sent it his way so uh just got that in the mail which is fantastic i was actually going to see him here in texas mm-hmm. um Next, this coming weekend, but it's book tour. I'm already booked to be on tour. So it just didn't work out. Unfortunately, he's a, has a fundraiser for his foundation. So I was going to link up there, But it just didn't work out. But, yeah, to have to grow up in the 80s and then have Chuck Norris uh, endorse the book like that and to be even aware of it and, to, you know, run into him at a SHOT Show and have him to recognize and say hi and, you know, give <laughs> hugs and all that stuff. Like, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. So anyway, Chuck's amazing. He's just an
0: awesome guy. As, as a retired Navy SEAL, I mean, obviously a subject matter expert on the topics that you're writing about. um how, how much of this James Reese character is is you? How much of it is Jack Carr coming out? Oh, and, and another question on that answer this. Are you still having to submit stuff to the Department of Defense before things get published or are you pass that phase?
3: I passed that. I did it for the first three novels uh, just because it was so close to me being in. And then that fourth one, The Devil's Hand, I really went deep down the rabbit hole into bioweapons research, what the mm-hmm. government calls biodefense research. Yeah. Uh, so I deep down the rabbit hole and had no touch points with that side of defense during my time in the military. Uh, So I didn't want the government to be uh, the redacting things that I learned just the way an investigative journalist would do it, which is through interviews, through reading journals, through reading magazine articles, kind of putting the pieces together. Because when you research something like that, very similar to the way I researched artificial intelligence and quantum computing in my last novel, In the Blood, um, just because they're nervous about something doesn't give them the right to take it out, right. especially if I didn't. Have- it in the military. Uh, so they, I did have people call me on both of those and say that I got pretty dang close. So I'd be oh, wow. shocked if the facility I describe in the devil's hand and then the quantum computer that I describe in my last novel, those two things aren't exactly uh, pretty close to being anyway as I describe them. So no, I don't submit them anymore. Um, yeah. Thank goodness. But getting back to James Reese. So he's a better shot than I am. He's in better shape, certainly better shape than I am for right now. <laughs> Uh, so he does everything just a little bit better than I do tactically, but, uh, but we think, uh, the same way I would say, uh, a lot of his views are my views. A lot of the things he thinks about are things that I think about. Uh, he's a student. I'm a student. I've been a student of, uh, warfare from as long as I can remember. Um, that's what I owed to, to the people I was going to go downrange with, uh, do it better. That'd be the better, better operator today mm-hmm. than I was yesterday. I'd be a better leader today than I was yesterday. Same thing. I think with writing, I want to be a better author today than I was yesterday. I want every sentence to get better. I want to move the genre forward, even if it's by just a degree every time I do this. Uh, I want to be a better husband, a better father every day. So I want to take the lessons of the past and apply them going forward as wisdom. Uh, hopefully that's what we're all doing. And that's what James Reese is doing on his journey. He's a student of warfare uh, and he has that practical application, uh, as do I from Iraq and Afghanistan for my time in the SEAL teams. Uh, and he's applying those lessons to a problem set and usually solving them in a very aggressive creative and violent manner, which is also a very (laughs) therapeutic way to write um, because our senior level uh, elected representatives and uh, military leaders are giving me a lot to work with these days through their uh, incompetence. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So very therapeutic.
0: Yeah. Which is that's a long, eloquent way of Jack Carr saying in his mind, subconsciously, he dreams of burying tomahawks in people's skulls. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Much
3: I- yeah. <laughs> more healthy way to do it. I mean, James Reese gets to handle things in the pages of this novel in a way that I think a lot of us <laughs> would like to, but we'd end up on death row if we actually did. So, uh, here you um, I'll, well, I'll keep it to exploring these themes in the pages of these thrillers.
0: Yeah. Well, Jack, I always appreciate your time, and I'd be remiss if I didn't remind everybody. You know, summertime's coming, so it's time to get this on your summer reading list. But if you if you haven't started, get with that Terminal List series. And every book is a standalone novel, which is impressive and, and, and a great way to approach these books at, at any stage in the game. So um, good job, man. I, I appreciate all of this stuff. It's You're doing a heck of a job. Oh, thank you so much. It gets get shot out of a cannon every morning, and it's go, go, go all
3: day long. But I love every part of this process. I love writing these novels, love working on the screenplays, love the nonfiction work that I'm doing that's coming up here in a year and a half, and it's yeah. just uh, extremely fortunate that the, the character is resonating with people enough that it allows me to to do this, and I feel sincerely, sincerely appreciated. So thank you so much for, I mean, from the beginning, uh, thank you for being along this journey yeah. uh, with me. Get, from the get-go, so that's, uh, that's sincerely appreciated.
0: Well, as long as you'll write books and are willing to talk about them, we'll have you on here, man. The book is Only the Dead. It's the sixth in the Jack Reese, uh, James Reese series. Jack Carr is an author. Check it out. Get it where books are sold. Jack, thanks so much, buddy. Take care, brother. I love uh, you. Thanks. Appreciate you, man. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, guys, I want to tell you about the Ghost Sleeve from Refuge Privacy. Uh, it is uh, Your phone is a tracking device, let's face it, okay, even when you turn it off. And if you're at all concerned about the big tech's invasive data tracking capabilities, like how they can know your precise location whenever... Whenever they feel like it, uh, if you got security concerns or you have stalkers uh, or if you're concerned with things like EMPs, wouldn't it be nice to know that you could protect your phone with something that keeps everything and everybody out whenever you don't want them in there? The Ghost Sleeve from Refuge Privacy does exactly that. Made with Faraday fabric that blocks signals to and from the phone and has a sound blocking panel on each side so that your private conversations are yours. They're not anyone else's. It's the only Faraday sleeve that blocks both signal and sound, and it's made with uh, in America with American buffalo leather, and each sleeve has an easy open and close airtight seal, and it uses premium Faraday fabric that blocks even high-frequency 5G signals that other sleeves don't. So uh, it'll give you peace of mind, and it could save your life. So visit refugeprivacy.com today. Use promo code C-H-A-D. I spell it, Chad. Save 10% off your order. That's refugeprivacy.com, promo code CHAD. For 10% off, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, welcome back. You know, every now and then I run into a product or service or solution uh, is a better term that I really want to share with you guys. Because I want you to not only have a life that is, you know, a little bit easier for you in this crazy, busy, seemingly urgent schedule that we keep. But as I've told you, we are living in unprecedented times. Man, I miss precedented times. I want to go back to those, but I don't think we're going to. We're living in a day and an age where you're going to have to have preparation. You're going to have to have things that are supplied for an emergency. We talk about emergency food. We talk about emergency gear. But what about emergency medicine? I'm a guy who's on medication every single day of his life. Uh, I've come to depend on it. It's an unfortunate scenario in reality, but it's the truth. What happens in case of an emergency and that happens to you and you can't get your hands on your medicine. I want to introduce you to a, a company that I'm just impressed by. Jace Medical, Dr. Sean roland is with us. Welcome to the show. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you. Tell me about this company. Tell me about this service you guys have put together.
4: Well, I you you intro'd it great. This the, the idea that that People are out there depending on medications every day uh, or maybe you're out there, you get sick and you need to take some antibiotics. Uh, what, what I think, we've just grown accustomed to being able to go down to the pharmacy, pick up what we need. Yeah. Lately though, maybe you went down to the, phar- to the pharmacy to get some, some Tylenol for your, for your kid this last, this last year. Good luck. Yeah. And so we're starting to see it and it's something that just isn't common knowledge, which is that, that we don't have production capacity in the United States for the medications that we take every day. And so that's where Jace Medical comes in. Uh, we've, we've worked really hard to come up with a solution and a service, as you, as you started off with, that allows people to come onto the website. It's a telemedicine process. They come onto the website. They fill out a form. We ask a couple of just the, the, the most pertinent questions that we need to know, that the doctors need to know. Mm-hmm. And then what you get at the, at the end of that is the ability to either get a case of uh, five different antibiotics that you can use to treat a whole range of bacterial illnesses um, or you can also get uh, those daily medications that you depend on.
0: That's awesome. I could tell you and I told you before we started taping I'm, I'm going to be a client. I'm going to do this. I live on the road i'm constantly on the go i think in the month of february and march i think i slept in my own bed at home three nights in those two months so i'm always on the go constantly calling my doctor saying hey i ran out of blood pressure medicine or i i need a a z-pack or something like that because i've got this thing going on and now i got to go find a pharmacy and then my local pharmacy has decided to close down and they're a major chain they Mm -hmm. my local ones decided to close down so I'm telling you whatever it would take for me to be able to have the convenience of knowing that I've got the peace of mind of having mm-hmm. that medication on hand, uh, look, we all get the sniffles, we all get the crud. It'd be good to have that stuff on hand how like you you guys, I know you guys do the antibiotics, um, but you've you've started a new service as well where it's it's the daily meds as well.
4: yeah, you touched on it convenience, you know yeah. I talk the reason ultimately t- going back to kind of the roots of the company. Really came about because of be, becoming aware of this supply chain vulnerability, uh, and that is a really important aspect of all this. But I think mm-hmm. the one that for a lot of people that really is going to speak to them is the is the convenience factor. Whether you're traveling, whether uh, you know, there's some, gosh, the the, the over the winter those horrible uh, snowstorms that hit I back shut east the whole thing down. shut yeah. everything down, and people can get out of their homes for days just to you know for anything. Uh, and so these are all likely scenarios, and have happened, and will continue to happen. So that convenience <laughs> yeah. is is a big is is a big part of that. And Jace Daily, which is this new service, you know, we started with five antibiotics. Uh, the Jace case. Now you you go into the chronic condition, whether you've got uh, high blood pressure, whether you've got thyroid conditions, seizure disorders, psychiatric disorders. We're now talking about hundreds and hundreds of medications, and so it's a, it's a yeah. lot more complicated, and that's what we've been working at and really excited that we're now able, able to basically bring the same process that we brought for the Jace case and do it now with Jace Daily uh, for all the same reasons that, that you brought up.
0: You know, I didn't think that, I, this is one of those things that you didn't know that you didn't know, right? I didn't, you know, you don't think about the fact that, ah, eh, you know, we're so first world conveniences, we could just run down to the CVS or the Walgreens or just yeah. grab them, and like I said, Mine, it is a CVS. It's closing down. I gotta, I gotta move everything around, right? So if I knew that I had six months or a year supply of these medications, I mean, what a peace of mind that that does. And, um, and and I'm I'm excited to be partnering with you guys. So thanks for coming on board and, and being a part of this and uh, and letting us be able to promote you because I'm I'm thrilled about this deal.
4: Yeah, and, the you getting the word out. I mean, that's what we're trying to do because it is. It's not. It's not, it's not a service that's been available, and, yeah. and people just haven't, they, they don't know where to look. They didn't know what they didn't know. Certainly, I didn't know what medications really cost. Everything's behind the insurance curtain. Um, it turns out mm. that a lot of these medications are, are, are actually really accessible yeah. from, a, from a cost perspective. Uh, same with the physician visit. Yeah. And so packaging this all together, it just
0: makes sense. Well, thank you for coming on the show and talking about it, and uh, this will be the first ever. We get the opportunity to promote your company, Jace Medical. I'm excited about having them as a partner, and one of the greatest things that we get to do is to partner with people who have our same values and same goals and mission, and uh, so here we go. It's not often that the, that the, the, the guy that starts the company has to sit there and listen to me do the advertisement for it. so great. here we go i'm gonna get graded hey guys jace medicals launching its newest product jace daily you just heard sean talk about it jace daily is a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to 12 months of a backup supply of your prescription medication in case of emergency now a wide variety of medications will be available including medications for cholesterol diabetes family planning heart health and blood pressure mental health It's founded in 2020 in Utah. Jace Medical was created with the mission of empowering people to be better prepared medically. This one-of-a-kind medical service was developed in partnership with world-class medical experts from Boston's Children's Hospital, Columbia University, Harvard Medical School, Mayo Clinic, Stanford University, and the University of Utah. Customers can now go to Medical. Medical.com. That's J A S E medical.com to order their Jace Daily prescription supply by filling out a simple medical questionnaire and placing their order through an easy to use online checkout. Their order is reviewed by a certified healthcare professional and will receive up to 12 months of their prescription medication delivered to their door. Jace Daily allows peace of mind when the unexpected happens, like supply chain disruptions, natural disasters, and medical shortages. Check them out get on board jason medical thanks for coming on the show man thanks chad thanks brother we'll be right back Hey, guys, I want to remind you, head over to chadpratherlive.com. Come see me uh, in uh, Kansas. Come see me in Florida. Got some stuff coming up, uh, well, hell, all over the country. The small town 2023 tour. Uh, Come check me out. Um, And uh, next week, we're going to present something new to you. We're bringing you the Sissy Award. Uh, That's right, the Cisgender Award. We're going to award a trophy for men doing men's shit right there. And uh, look at the set of testicles on that trophy right there. I am so proud of that thing. The Sissy Awards. We're just going to celebrate cisgender. (laughs) I hate that term. People are like, what does that mean? Well, Just when men do men's shit, okay? We're going to celebrate it. Hey, I love you guys. God bless you. Tune in tomorrow, Tuesday. Don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.